Today, we're going to answer your questions. Is a home equity line of credit a good option to supplement loss of income? Is now the time to buy gold? And what does it mean to rebalance your portfolio? This is the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures Podcast, sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Put some money back in your pocket. Auto loan rates as low as 2.49% right now at Advantage. Have a loan elsewhere? Refinance it today with Advantage. Apply online at AdvantageFCU.org. Erica Cummings from the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management is one of our go-to CFPs here on the Seven Figures Podcast and also on the radio morning show that I co-host, Spazano and Sandy on 98.9 The Buzz. We're going to have her on every Monday and Friday because we know a lot of people have serious concerns about their finances, a lot of questions. So we're going to do our best to help. If you have a question, just email me, Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. Sandy's live from home. We're out from the studio and Erica Cummings on the phone. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you again. I think we tell you every time, but we really do appreciate you coming on the air with us Monday and Fridays, answering everybody's question. It's my pleasure. So the first one was, I work in sales, uh, part salary plus commission, so base and commission. Since I am the sole breadwinner in the house, I took out a $30,000 home equity line of credit to supplement the money I'm losing since our company has pretty much shut down because of what's going on. Was that the right move? Absolutely. Ah. So we are in, obviously, extremely unprecedented times. We know that we have a stimulus package finally, and there'll be a lot of relief coming over the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. But we have to do whatever we can at this point in order to make sure that our bills are paid and those essential parts of our lives are taken care of. So there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't reach out to whatever emergency cash reserves you can get your hands on. The only thing I do caution is that we're using them for the the fundamentals that we need in life. So we're going to be getting stimulus checks depending on how much you qualify for. Let's be using these prudently, much like this particular caller. Let's use this line of credit prudently. This is not a way to go, not that there's much we can do right now, but... <laughs> Come on, um, we're going to, everybody gets yeah. a Peloton. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, this, this is, this is the interest rates are at historic lows, so you are able to get access to cash. And I and I did say on a previous call that you know, if you need to use your cards, these are times when some of the old school rules have to get put aside because we need to be able to have a roof over our head and eat. So there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing it for the right reason. So this is not we're not looking for ways to to spend on Amazon. <laughs> Can you explain, though, for those people who don't fully understand a HELOC or a home yeah. equity line of credit? So a home equity line of credit means that you can tap into the equity that you've accrued inside of your home. So if you've had your home for a while or you put a significant down payment when you purchase the home and you've been paying your mortgage, a certain amount of equity has been built up. Mm -hmm. So you can tap into that equity where the bank or the credit union will give you a portion of that equity in a line of credit. Some will give you a checkbook. Some you have to actually go to the bank or the, the credit union in order to access the cash. But essentially, you are kind of loaning yourself back to the equity that you put in. Mm -hmm. 
there is what's called a floating rate. So it means that it will vary. And because rates are exceptionally low right now, the interest on these home equity lines of credit are low. But I caution, again, that you can really get yourself into trouble because this has to get paid back. And it is a lot of times your home is your is your most important asset. So you don't want to end up where you're overextending yourself. I always look at a home equity line of credit as emergency reserves for people who are looking for ways to have access to cash in addition to having savings for times like this where mm, yeah. suddenly something unexpected happens, you can tap into the equity in your home in order to get you by. Is it wise to have a home equity line of credit that you don't touch? Like say you got $20,000 in a home equity line of credit in the bank that you've already set it up and maybe you used a thousand of it and paid it back. Now it's back to, you know, full again. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend that anybody who qualifies should have a home equity line. There's zero cost to you if you don't use it. So if you can have that emergency reserve, it's great because we always have things that may come up in our Mm. lives that are unexpected. If you have a home for more than nowadays, it feels like more than seven or eight years, Something's going to go wrong, and it may not be the best time for you if you have to replace a roof or if something, you know, that's a substantial amount of money comes up. At least you have access to cash that oftentimes, depending on on the situation, you could be paying less than you would maybe if you were to get a loan elsewhere. So it's always nice to have a place that you can go to, no matter where, to grab cash in the event that you lost your job or a big expense comes up that you weren't planning for. We're on with uh, CFP Erica Cummings from the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Uh, Another question. You ready? Ready. Uh, Listener writes in and says, what do you think about buying gold? I'm seeing so many commercials about it and how it's a good investment during uncertain times. What do you think? So those commercials are on all the time. I just think that sometimes when we're in – either uncertain markets or you're in times of of heightened fear you almost tend to notice things more so it's anything in life if you suddenly heard of something now you see it everywhere gold is always around it just becomes more popular when there is this fear around other types of assets. So gold is considered a flight to safety. People want gold when there's fear in other types of investments. So you're looking at the market right now. No one's happy with what they see. Mm-hmm. There's you know concerns about where the real estate market's going to go in the future. So suddenly people start to say, oh my gosh, this is bad. And obviously you're watching the news and we're not sure what's happening with this health epidemic. Gold seems like something you can wrap your hands around. And if we go back to you know, a bartering system at some point, it could be amazing to have a stockpile of gold, basically. Um, But when you really look at gold, it's just a commodity. It doesn't produce anything. So unlike when you buy a stock, it can produce growth for you. It can produce dividends. If you have a bond, it produces interest. It does. Gold is just a commodity. It has very limited practical use. So it looks really pretty, but we can't really use it on very much of anything like you can, let's say, steel or copper. 
So it's really just you're buying gold in the hopes that somebody else will pay more for it, as opposed to an investment like the equity markets, like your home, Mm. where you're hoping that it appreciates in value. You'll be able to either get something from it or it will continue to grow and pay you dividends or interest. But gold definitely becomes the asset class of choice when we're scared. And yes, without a doubt, because it's People think, okay, gold, I can use this to buy something. But once things go back to normal, gold then retreats, and it really, over time, doesn't outpace inflation very much. So you may see these huge spikes during times of fear and uncertainty. But once things become normal again, because, again, gold doesn't have a whole lot of practical value, it goes back to where it should be. We, we don't. We don't use the gold standard anymore, so it's not as if people are taking bars of gold to go purchase something. <laughs> so, so it whittle off a piece here. Exactly, weigh, weigh this exactly. right now. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it really uh, okay. is. Um, people look at gold as something that is safe uh, because it's tangible. You can wrap your hands around it. People think of it as something they could utilize if the dollar goes to zero, et cetera. Right. Um, and that's the way that a lot of times these commercials kind of suck you in and they scare you yeah. but uh, but in, in a normal asset allocation it really doesn't have a whole lot of value okay okay all right next question uh do you want to ask do we have time for it now scotty or actually if if you could just hang on a second um sure. give us a little tease of what it is and we'll come back with erica in just a few minutes. okay uh, the, the final question, and I think this hits home for a lot of people, I wrote in and said, I hear a lot of people talking about rebalancing their portfolio, especially now. Both my wife and I have a 401k invested in the target fund. We don't do much more investing than that. We were hoping to retire in the next three to five years. Well, it was looking like we could up until the coronavirus hit. Now we're nervous and we're not sure if we still will be able to. Is there anything that we should be doing with our money? Any rebalancing to ensure that we can still retire when we planned? I guess I'm not, uh, I'm just looking for words of reassurance. (laughs) Okay, what do you think, Erica? Well, these are kind of a few different questions in one question. So first of all, rebalancing as a concept was developed back around the late 90s, early 2000s, when we started to be able to do what's called automatic rebalancing. Rebalancing is essentially, if you have 60% in stocks and you have 40% in bonds and you have a market like we've had Mm -hmm. for the last few weeks, you've obviously lost a lot on the stock side. Rebalancing is taking the emotions out of getting your portfolio back to where it was because after the last few weeks, you could be at 55% in stocks and 45% in bonds. Now, if I said to you in the middle of all of this, let's take the money out of those bonds, which have actually been doing good, Mm -hmm. and buy more stock, you may be hesitant right now. You may Mm -hmm. be questioning whether we've hit the bottom. You may be questioning whether or not there's more losses to come. Mm -hmm. So you're now adding your emotions as opposed to it just being an automatic activity. Over the last 20, 30 years, this has become something that you can just flip on usually inside of your four, your 401k that just it automatically does it whether it's monthly yearly or whether it's based upon some metric within your 401k oh. it takes the emotion out of it in a target date fund so a target date fund simply means that you pick 
a time period that you plan on retiring, if it's in this case with this particular uh, couple, it might be 2025, they usually go in five-year increments, the rebalancing is already occurring. So inside of that fund, you have a, a diversified portfolio where there is a manager or a team looking over those different asset classes, and they're automatically doing it. So the rebalance itself, if all you're doing is staying in that target date fund, it's actually happening and you don't even know it. Okay. And when we talk about whether or not they can retire, that's a whole different subject. Mm -hmm. So that involves having a true financial plan where you have sat down and determined how much money you need to live on, what are the different income sources you'll have. For a lot of people nowadays, it's just Social Security. Do you have enough? in your 401ks to offset what you need in income for how long. So we're talking about life expectancy. We're talking about how much you plan on spending every year. We're talking about inflation. I can't emphasize how critical it is to have a formalized plan going into retirement because these types of questions are going to come up every single time there's a, a bear market or there is a market correction or even if it's just a bad week. And there's no perfect time. So you can put a retirement date in place and everything can look great. And then three months later, I had clients that retired in January, February of 08 before we had any idea that all of what happened was coming. Ah. But they had a really good plan and we had accounted for really bad markets. So they were okay all said and done. Wow. So in this particular case, three to five years from now, you're, you're pretty good still because the average bear market we talked about this before, from the top to the bottom, back up to the top, lasts about three years. Okay. And if you have a diversified portfolio and your target date is within the next five years, you probably have a significant amount in bonds and you're probably okay. The biggest part of whether or not these, these, uh, this couple can retire is whether or not they have a plan and whether or not the plan accounts for all those other factors that I just talked about. Once you have a plan, it really does allow you to take a step back and at least digest these types of situations a little bit better. But three to five years, I wouldn't, I would not in any way be be worried if you have a secure plan. If you're three months away, maybe you might say, eh, if I can, I'll push it off a few months. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of my clients are doing. They're being proactive in ways that do not involve the market. So if they're taking distributions, they're holding off on those distributions if they don't need them, or if they were planning on retiring in the next couple of months, maybe they're waiting until the end of the year or kind of taking it month by month. Mm -hmm. These are ways that you can be proactive that does not involve making rash investment decisions. Wow. So much to take in, so much to hear. More to talk on Friday, yes? Yes, absolutely. Okay, we'll get you back. Thank you so much, Erica. Thanks for speaking with us this morning. Uh, CFP absolutely. Erica Cummings, the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Go to harmonyfinancialwellness.com.